from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 163 with guest Joel Olson, recorded Thursday, May 27th, 2010. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow the boys on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and I'm doing a Run As Radio solo today. Greg is off in the wild blue yonder. And I have a special guest with me, Joel Olson, who's been on the show before. But today, let me read this new bio. Senior Product Architect and SharePoint Evangelist at Quest Software, where he's responsible for product direction and strategy. In the SharePoint community, Joel is a well-known, enthusiastic trainer and architect and maintains a popular blog. He's a frequent speaker at technical conferences and often presents at local SharePoint user groups. Prior to Quest, Joel worked for Microsoft, where he was part of the first Microsoft global deployment of SharePoint. And you could find him on Twitter at Joel Olson, or by me email, joel.olson at quest.com. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks. Thanks for coming back. And uh, yeah, a little role change for you. Yeah. <laughs> so when we talked back, it's more than a year ago now, I think, and you were you were with Microsoft back then. And uh, of course, you've, but you've always been a SharePoint guy. Oh, definitely. A long-time SharePoint guy. It'll be 10 years in, in December. Yeah, it's hard to think that, yeah, I always think of SharePoint as a new thing, but I guess, what are we on, fourth or fifth version now? Yeah, this is D4. Yeah, no kidding. Think they got it right this time? Oh, man, have they got it right. <laughs> <laughs> totally taking on the world with this one. Yeah, it, it seems to be a very strong version. And as we're recording this, it still hasn't officially shipped yet, right? It, it's RTM. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, it shipped with the Office release. That's right. Okay. Uh, in fact, we had a massive party here in Seattle. Um, there was a global launch um, on May 12th. On May 12th, yes. Yeah, May 12th. And uh, we had, I threw a party here in Seattle with, with Erica, one of the, the SharePoint community. We kind of hooked up with the user group, and um, we had um, 500 people registered here in Seattle for the, the our little our little launch party, um, we had it at a club, we had a DJ, and uh, had a bunch of some product team there, and big community bash. It's good times. Well, and you can't argue with the adoption of SharePoint. For all of its troubles, people use it. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you love to hate it, and you hate to love it. Right. And uh, those who embrace it, they gain so much from it on multiple levels. Well, and it seems to me it's one of those viral products. Enough, it, it, Often, from an IT perspective, we find out that there's SharePoint out there. We, we don't always have control over that. It just kind of happens to us. <laughs> CS, CSOs are one of those who love to hate it. Yeah. It's like, it's like there's uh, information in your company um, that you didn't know you had. <laughs> And uh, the information you're trying to hold on to, guess what? It's, it's definitely more accessible now. Right. And I guess that's the main thing is that uh, the the business user wants to be able to organize their information more effectively, and SharePoint lends uh, some capability to that. Yeah. It's, it's all about getting at information that's 
otherwise locked up or hard to analyze or hard to get at. Or it's on somebody's desktop and it's like, well, let's, let's share this information. And I think one of the major things that's kind of changed the, the landscape is this whole push toward consumer social. Right. So as a result of social, just in our environment of, in the world, how we, we work with information, it turns people toward the need for a platform in the enterprise that can give some of those capabilities and SharePoint's positioned very, very well for that. So are we actually seeing in 2010 uh, the addition of social features? Yeah. In fact, in in my site, for example, there's actually activity feeds. Um, when you there's now tagging, social tagging on documents. Right. As well as um, metadata stores. Um, but the whole idea of profiles and uh, my site has been there for a while. But what's come now is we've got these activity sites, tagging, ratings, a lot of these kind of social features that people are used to. Um, exposing themselves across my sites and team sites and uh, becoming more pervasive. Now, if we're going to talk about upgrading, I guess the, now we're talking about primarily folks that have been on the SharePoint bandwagon for a while. They're typically coming from 2007. Yeah, and in fact, that's, that's Microsoft's preference. You know, there there is you know my, the Microsoft way to get from 2003 to 2010 is to upgrade to 2007. Okay. Um, that's actually something here at Quest that we've taken on to help people get from 2003 directly to 2010 our migration manager product. So you're um, building some tools to allow people to jump the version if they want to. Exactly. And and there are a few out there that, uh, you know, that they were using it for document management. They were okay with what it was giving in 2003. But when they saw 2010, which has a ton of document management enhancements, things like document ID and portable workflows and um, dispos- disposition workflows that sold um, document data sets, all sorts of interesting things that if you're just trying to do records management or document management, other ECM type scenarios, SharePoint 2010 is, is you know, it, it's more than a whole version. Uh, it, it's taken you, they've looked at those top requirements they've been getting over and over and over again and right. incorporated those, those, those features into it. Yeah, it has appeared like the past couple of versions of SharePoint have sort of focused in different directions. That 2007 seemed like one that was really about that outward internet focus rather than the document management focus that the 2010 seems to have more of. Yeah, they were they were really trying to get it to the internet by incorporating those uh, publishing features into it in 2007. Right. Um, and they did some some interesting things around branding by incorporating master pages. Um. Now, the themes have taken a, a major leap forward. Accessibility, cross-browser, there's a lot of reasons to upgrade, for sure, um, with, with 2010. Just in terms of um, cross-browser, accessibility, um, nesting in tables was kind of a headache. Now there's been a lot of rework, just even on making it simpler to, to brand and um have consistency across the pages. And they ditched IE6. Yeah. Because friends don't let friends run IE6. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's one thing that kind of freaks people out. And they say, well, well, I do still want to run this on the internet. And their publishing template does a decent job with IE6. But man, on the intranet, you can definitely tell that it's been designed to not, you know, it's been designed to work with 
compliant browsers. Right. Um, and they're not doing a lot of work to try and pull across IE6 anymore, which is great. Well, and, and if, for those who aren't aware of this, the thing I've seen over and over again is that web developers go mental with the amount of code they need to write to make it work in IE6. It's a waste of money to do the work it takes to keep it running in IE6. So, I, I mean, I understand why you ditch it. It's not just that you hate IE6. It's that it's incredibly expensive to maintain that weird version of HTML that IE6 used. And that's, that's actually a really good point, too, is there's companies that just haven't upgraded their browsers. Well, if you'd let the users do it, they would. Yeah. Um, if you're managing their desktops, why don't you manage it? I mean, how many years has it been? Ten years since IE6? Yeah, more. Or, yeah, actually... I guess it's probably more, it's probably 13. It's, it's, it's important, right? Yeah. People need to be on, for not, not only for the HTML, but actually security. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a scary, scary hole. All right. So, uh, for somebody contemplating 2010, just the master checklist, what am I going to do to get there from, say, 2007? Well, the first thing is, it's about learning about 2010. Uh, one of the biggest things in 2010 is this whole service application piece. Um, there's there's all this new functionality like metadata and tagging and um, uh, all these major enhancements in search, uh, these more global services that you can do. Um, essentially, what you've got to do is you've got to figure out what do we want to get out of 2010? Is it New designs? Is it you know compatibility and um, is it is it CCM? A lot of people just say I want SharePoint, and that's kind of the it's become a mistake for people to just plan to we're going to do SharePoint. It's like, well, what are you trying to do? Is it is it publishing? Is it an intranet? Is it a portal? Is it BI? There's all these different directions you can go with it. Right. But it's the people who can't make up their mind. It's it's I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing SharePoint because. They asked me for it. That the defaults are a lot of. You can make a lot of mistakes by just simply going with default. Really? Even with upgrade, for example, the default upgrade is an in-place upgrade, which is going to be down while you're upgrading. So for, for first off, uh, it's the most inefficient because you're actually down while you're upgrading. Where with the database attach, you can have, you have read-only options. Right. Um. And and then on top of that, you um, if your drive fills up, guess what? You've actually got to recover your entire environment. Um, you've got to, there's no rollback option with the in-place upgrade. So it sounds like in-place upgrade's a mistake. You really want new gear for this, too. Well, don't you have a 64-bit requirement as well? There's, like I said, you really do need to uh, research 2010 because, like you said, like like you mentioned, 64-bit on the front end, on the back end. Um, even for the developer environment, the whole thing is 64-bit. Wow. Um, if you look at the RAM requirements, we used to say you ought to start with 4 gigs of RAM in, in 2007. Now you're starting with 8 gigs of RAM. Right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a more significant footprint. Um, even though there's a lot of performance enhancements in it, um, it's a bigger footprint. Yeah, so, I mean, that's an important message right there is don't expect it to just be a minor upgrade to your existing infrastructure. You're starting over in some respects and migrating to a new environment. Yeah. And I think that some of the marketing message gets a little bit mungled here, mungled, <laughs> munged, where they hear, oh, well, upgrade's easier or it's easy. 
I had so much better, and so then they go off and they just run upgrade, which would throw them into an in-place upgrade. They're down, they're broken, and they're trying to recover, and they're in that headache of, they didn't run any of the pre-upgrade pre, the pre upgrade checks. They never ran any of the various tools to, to make sure that things were compatible, like their operating system. Yeah, by the way, it's only Windows Server 2008 as well. Oh, really? Not R2? And R2. Oh, okay, yeah, and but R2. But not 2003 is what I'm saying. Ah, uh, right. So you better be all 2008. Yep. And... There, yeah, there's a mode you could run the installer in that basically says, figure out if you could actually be successful here. And essentially, there is. There's, um, first off, there's a pre-upgrade check that's actually built right into the command line tool, SPS ADM. It comes with Service Pack 2. Okay. So if you've installed Service Pack 2 of 2007, you've got the capability to run an assessment, which is this pre-upgrade check, which ultimately is a best practices analyzer. It's actually telling you problems with your farm that you need to fix before you upgrade. But what's kind of insightful about that is even if you're not planning on upgrading immediately, you should run that immediately because it's going to tell you what's broken in your farm. Right. Not not just what would be what's going to work in 2010, but also what's wrong with your current configuration. Exactly right. Hmm. And it actually documents a number of things. It tells you the size of your databases. It tells you the servers and how they're configured. Uh, it gives you your search, how many documents. It's got, like, some serious reporting in it. And one of my favorites is this alternate access mapping, where the only place you can get alternate access mapping information is in the UI. Um, and you've got to hit a bunch of drop-downs to see how each little thing is configured. Here in this report, it gives you flat out, here are all, here are all your mappings. In a wow. Nice, nice little report. And... The, the report you get out of pre-upgrade checks is actually, you get an, a log file that'll tell you what databases it was in when it found the problem. You get an XML file that you can then, you know, do XML-y type things with it. You know, you uh, keep track of it, compare them over time. You know, you have your developers build something for you. Uh, or, and you also get the HTML file. You, know, you get the nice web-based report. Yeah, this sounds like a useful report in general just to have in your pocket about what's going on with SharePoint for your uh, environment. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, upgrade aside, you should be running pre-upgrade check, this best practices analyzer and all of its cool rules and reporting. You should be running it on a, on a weekly basis at a minimum and actually looking at the data. You ought to be talking about what it found because it's going to tell you about your dependencies on your solutions, on your features, it's going to tell you um, through upgrade, post-upgrade, what are your, what are the workflows that are going to have issues, what are the, any views that you've got that are legacy, um, and it's going to tell you if you've got missing features and missing site definitions and um, all sorts of nasty things, broken orphan sites, uh, you know, serious insight into what's broken in your environment. Nice. Yeah, so this is just a plain old good tool, irrespective of 20. And you said it come comes with the service pack 2 of 2007. Yep. It's, right. it's SPS-ADM-O pre-upgrade check. It's as simple as that. Um, and you, you run it, like I said, it's actually read-only uh, across your environment. So it's not going to change anything. It doesn't try and fix your environment. It's just going to tell you what's broken. Cool. Um, there's another one as well that's actually fairly similar, and it's on the 2010 side. It's a PowerShell script that comes in 2010, 
that will analyze your 2007 databases. So essentially, you, you point you point it at the server and the database that uh, your your 2007 databases are on, and this is a read-only check as well from a 2007 farm that will check the compatibility of that database with the 2010 farm, and it's called Test SP Content Database. Cool. Yeah. What about virtualization? Is that a preferred configuration? Like run your your SharePoint installs in Hyper-V? It is. Um, in fact, in the past, it used to be we were all kind of cautious and a little bit leery about virtualization. There were people doing it behind the scenes, and it was kind of scary. Then Microsoft put out its first, okay, we support um, these configurations, and then there was more support for VMware and some of the Citrix and some of these other solutions that were out there. And then the community started to embrace virtualization. Now I would say we're... We're at half or more uh, deployments that are actually in virtualization today, uh, even in production. So, Well, I really don't see an excuse not to always run this virtualized. It gives you a really great backup solution. It really does. You know, I, I find that there's people who make good arguments on the SQL side and maybe on the indexing servers. Right. But when it comes to your web front end, man, it makes life so much easier around uh, being able to to roll things back or to be able to take that image and then give it, hand it to the developer and say, here's what's broken. You fixed this. Yeah, here, go nuts. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's so tough to do that in a, in a physical world. Well, and the, the argument uh, around SQL and virtualization is completely independent of SharePoint, I think. That's just a whole other discussion, actually. It is. And, and I've had some conversations even on the SQL side with the SQL Cat team who says there's no reason you can't do it with SQL. Um, so even that is it's an ongoing debate. It's a good debate, healthy debate. It ultimately comes down to disk I/O and write through disk yeah. and some of the configuration there. Yeah, may, yeah, making sure you handle your NICs correctly. Networking's a, a stumbling block, but these are all resolvable. You know, Hyper V has advanced the science, right? The, the the current generation of virtualization, whether you're using ESX or Hyper V. All of those arguments seem to be moot now. The, the layer is very thin. It's not costing you much away of performance, and it's gaining you all of this flexibility. Yeah, definitely. The flexibility is very nice. Um, and especially when you talk, start talking about upgrade, when people are running virtualization, then it makes in place more of a viable option because now you're talking about um, on those particular servers, not, not necessarily your databases, but on the servers themselves trying to do upgrades on them it ends up being that in place is, a, is an option because if you have a problem, you've got a rollback option. Right. You can go back to that predefined. Well, and always that ability to just snap a copy of the image of the production server, run it in a contained environment, and mangle it as much as you want, knowing you have, the original is still there and untouched. So, so true. And being able to work with your consultant and say, hey, here's a copy of it. Here's, here's what our environment looks like. Here's some images, and here's a sample database. It's definitely about lowering the threat and getting as much experience as you can in an upgrade before you go do it on the real environment. One of the, one of the major things you'll find in 2010, too, is the, just the flexibility for developers um, and being able to have um, installing 2010 on Vista and um, on Windows 7. It's pretty huge. So what about the development story? Because now we've got Studio 2010 and there's a bunch of new SharePoint extensions. Have developers got a better answer to doing to building stuff for SharePoint? Definitely. I mean, it's, 
there's a lot of templates and things built into Visual Studio 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely the preferred place to be building solutions. Uh, it becomes this kind of native way for building web parts and workflows. And the, the cool thing is that ability to port it between, um, you start a, let's say you start a workflow in SharePoint Designer. And then you're like, you know what, it's more than just something we want to be running on this little site, and it's more than just these simple processes. We want to add some, some depth to it. Crack it open um, in uh, Visual Studio. Taking that same one, growing it up into a Visual Studio um, workflow, adding in your triggers, adding in your controls and whatever, and then saying, you know what, I need to visualize this taking that same one and then opening it in Visio and being able to visually see how the workflow is constructed and what the various pieces of the process are. Cool. And how, porting it back and forth between them. How much development do, do they need to do these days? I mean, the, the sophistication inside of SharePoint is still pretty strong. What are people building themselves? Well, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, one, SharePoint is kind of, it's not so much design anymore. I would say that the design piece is the designer itself has come a long way. And so from a design perspective, people are working on master pages and um, the page layouts and so on. It ends up being the features uh, and solutions that people are building in, um, in Visual Studio. And it's not just the web part. They're actually constructing full-on vertical applications in SharePoint. You know, it's it's more than just the workflow. Well, that's probably a good example of a project that somebody might be building in Visual Studio. Um, they're building orchestration. They're building um, social applications. You know, they're they're exposing the events. The, the events. They're um, uh, there's a REST API. There's a client object model. There's um, all sorts of new things that are exposed to the developers. To where they can then be building things, and uh, the 2010 SDK actually just came out, uh, just just released. So, yeah. Now, but to do this, you have to have your developer needs a 64-bit OS desktop machine. Yeah, essentially, whatever they're developing on, and and this is kind of another virtualization scenario where, right. sure, you can be running 64-bit Windows 7 and then install natively on your Windows 7, uh, say SharePoint Foundation or something. Right. To get your project going, or you could be running a VHD, a Windows Server 2010, um, but it's got to be a 64-bit image, right? Because Studio itself only comes in 32-bit; it'll run in the 64-bit environment, but it's there's no 64-bit version of Studio. That's that's definitely true, and that's always been kind of an interesting debate. Is uh, well, if SharePoint developers need to be developing on 64-bit, but yeah, yeah, you can install Visual Studio 2010 on 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 a 64-bit, right? But you are running in a 32-bit process space, which is, yeah, it is kind of funny. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't caused any problems in the SharePoint world. But we, we just have to take it. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, but I do see your, your description is apt that you'll probably be doing that development in a virtualized environment as well. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, the dev environment is probably going to be a Windows Server 2010 environment. Right. But your developer may have a copy of it while they're working off on their machine and then porting it to a common dev environment. Right, and you're beating Server 2008, not it's SharePoint 2010. Yeah, Windows Server 2008 and, and SharePoint 2010 on top of it. Yeah. Right, 
and all 64-bit. So is there anything that the pre-checker doesn't pick up on in terms of upgrade whammies? You know, that's an interesting question because the pre-upgrade checker, it knows what it knows. Right. But there's always something it may not know. That's, that's so true. And your environment has weird things that have been done to it. Right. And uh, I don't believe people want to say, oh, we haven't touched our environment. Well, people have done things to it. You, 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 somebody's installed a patch some, somewhere in time. You know, Somebody's changed some configuration somewhere. Um, yeah, you may not have any custom solutions or whatever or custom site definitions, but maybe something's locked. Maybe something is... Uh, has been corrupted. Maybe, maybe a database has been attached in a weird way where there were, some of those sites already existed. Um, the visual aspects are the ones that I think people don't don't necessarily fully expect. And what I mean is upgrade itself is broken into two major pieces. There's the binary upgrade, which is basically laying, you know, uninstalling and then laying down the bit. That's, that's binary upgrade, and that's where we get the two methods of in-place upgrade and the database attached up. Right. Um, there's a whole other piece to upgrade called visual upgrade. And the visual upgrade is what happens after you've, in, you've um, done the binary upgrade. Um, when binary upgrade is complete, you look at the site, and it should look like it did before. It should actually still have your 2007 master page, and so it should still have your page layout. Yeah, there's a couple things that are tweaked here and there that have, are things that have kind of been added that kind of expose themselves, but in a very small, insignificant way. Um, what what now you've got to do is you've got to go from your 2007 master page to one of the two. There's actually two new master pages that are built in. There's, there's a minimalist master page, and then there's the v4.master, which is basically the out-of-the-box 2010 master page. Right. Um, now, the visual upgrade itself is you're in your site collection. You can decide um, there's a preview option. You can preview what your site looks like in that v4.master, um, essentially completing the, the visual upgrade. Um, there's the preview, and then there's commit, and then there's rollback. If you commit, there's no rollback. So, essentially, it, the, the whole visual experience on upgrade is, are we ready to apply the new master page? Um, and it's, it's essentially an exercise around let's get what we had in our our uh, CSS and our page layouts in in 2007 and incorporate those things into either the minimalist master page or or make some changes to our v4.master and incorporate some of those the look and feel and so on um, to apply the styles and page layouts and not the other way around. I think that's the mistake people are making is. They do their upgrade, they get their v4.master, and they say, oh, we don't like it, let's just reapply our 2007 master page. Or we'll make some tweaks to add the ribbon as a placeholder in our 2007 master page. Right. Now they're they're missing out on accessibility, they're missing out on the tables, because they've basically taken their 2007 master page from the old SharePoint master page. Yeah, so, I mean, the reality is you're just suppressing a bunch of the features of 2010 if you don't take advantage of the, the look in 2010. Yeah, yeah. And then Microsoft has done some effort into this minimalist master page, right. which was something the community had been kind of working on in the background in 2007. Microsoft took the term minimalist and even took um, some of this effort around it and incorporated this 
um, these concepts into the product, which is what we wanted. Um, but you'll find uh, there there is a CodePlex project uh, called Starter Master Pages, where if you don't like the minimalist master page that Microsoft built, um, Randy Bristol and company um, in the community on CodePlex, um, codeplex.com slash starter master, there's a, a nice, well-documented starter master page that you can start if you want to kind of go from scratch rather than um, starting with the with the SharePoint look and feel of V4. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I kind of think the third-party tooling, especially making this 64-bit jump, is going to be the thing that burns you the most in terms of not getting caught by the pre-checker and breaking an upgrade. You know, that when you talk about gotchas, that, that is one of them. Um, a lot of people are, they, they go through all this effort around making sure their code's good, but then did they ever pick up the phone to call that third party to say, oh, by the way, are, are my web parts or is my admin tool supported on 2010? Um, that's an important phone call. I mean, they're, they're, what's, what's nice is well, Microsoft did have a pretty open PAP program where there were a lot of ISVs that were brought in either in stage one, stage two, or stage three, you know, somewhere in the process of, of the technology adoption program, um, various ISVs were brought in so they could start testing things. Um, and even the beta was, was a pretty decent amount of time for people to look at stuff. But that doesn't mean that all of the third-party tools on SharePoint are certified. Right. In fact, far from that fact. Um, a lot of web parts. Uh, with third parties, they still need to test them, especially like you mentioned, the uh, 32 to 64 bit. Uh, a little bit of a jump. Um, while we did have both, some someone only written their stuff for, for 32 bit. Yeah, well, I, I'm thinking about the guy who's just sort of upgraded from version to version on a 32 bit machine. It might have some cruft back from 2003 in there too. You know, like. That's what's going to sneak up on you. And it, maybe it's only on one set of pages. And unless you test those pages, you're not even going to realize they're broken. You know, and I, I think that's a, that's a really good point is people get really excited around upgrade. They're like very anxious to get upgraded. And while, while by default, and I, I talked about problems with default, there's this problem with default where you ran your upgrade, you ran your binary upgrade, maybe it was even flawless. You run your visual upgrade and you check the master page, it looks good to you, but you're only checking the home page. Right. Um, who knows, there's some web part pages deeper in there, or there were some sub-sites that you never actually checked your log to see that there were some missing features or some missing site definitions. Yeah. Some sites that themselves didn't even upgrade. Yeah, now I'm thinking not only deeper, but older. Yeah. It's that first, those first things you built that are going to be the ones that are going to bite you. Maybe I'm just getting cynical in my old age, Joel. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that that's the stuff that uh, the cynicism actually probably puts you in a better footing because now you're more skeptical about, did I do it right? Yeah. Is, are things really good? Um, I, I do think you need to pull in more eyeballs. Like one set of eyeballs across hundreds of sites is going to be a challenge. We'll talk about hundreds of thousands or thousands of sites and even the sites, well, there's lots of pages on all those sites. Um, how are you going to check all those lists and so on? Can you really read the log? Yeah, well. <laughs> it's nice that they've consolidated all the errors into a common error log. But still, I mean, because it's an error, is it, a, is it an error that causes that you're okay with or an error you're not okay with? Right. 
you, you need more eyeballs working at things uh, to verify before you actually commit. Yeah, and it's there's always a few folks inside of an organization that are really particular about their SharePoint kit setups. That they're the ones who will find stuff better than anybody. So, given I make this upgrade, is there a major piece of retraining to be done, or is still SharePoint SharePoint, and the people will know how to use it? This is one where. Um, we, we get the ribbon introduced into 2010 from an end-user perspective. Right. You do have to kind of break this out by audience. For end-users, um, working with lists, yeah, you've got the ribbon. Um, so in some companies, that, that does equal I need to do some training. Um, but it's one of those things where it's probably 80-20. Right. It's 20% new stuff. You can probably train on the new stuff. If you've got Office 2007 out there, people already know what the ribbon is. They may groan when they see it in SharePoint, but it's not going to surprise them. Right. And I think as well, it ends up being, what are the new services you're going to turn on? Right. Uh, were you already using my site? Uh, were, already, were you already, what is your taxonomy? What about the document management thing? I, I definitely think around document management scenarios, there's, there's, that's one where it's more than 80-20. It's probably more like 50% new around metadata, tagging, um, making sure people understand the new taxonomies and structures and how to take advantage of the new metadata services and um, how to hook things into search and properties. And uh, anybody who's managing search, search is huge overhaul. So, yeah, the folks that are responsible for search now need to, before the upgrade, do some serious reading. Yeah. And even your administrators, while, while if you're just managing team sites, probably not that much of a, a, a big difference. If you're, if you're doing, uh, more than just SharePoint Foundation, you're actually using SharePoint Server, and you're t planning on using these, uh, service apps, any of these service apps that you're serious about, you, you really need to dig in on them. Um, and, uh, there, there is actually some pretty good training. Um, the mock training, the Microsoft Official Curriculum this time around, um, they got really serious about it. It was not done by generic people. These were the leadership in our community that, that really worked on on the the training this time around. Um, so even Microsoft training and MTM and all these things, uh, a lot of solid focus on having quality quality training available. Awesome. I'm getting down to the end of the show here, Joel, and you have a new book out on this topic. Yeah. So upgrade is is one of my passions, and I've I've been blogging about it for a long time. I've been blogging about migration for a long time. And so one day it hit me, it's like, I really need to pull together all this stuff, find out where the holes are, categorize it all, put it into a book, and get this out to the community. And voila, <laughs> um, got a book on, uh, an O'Reilly book, SharePoint 2010, um, Best Practices for Upgrading and uh, Migrating. Now the book's not shipping yet? That's right, it's a it's print available somewhere around August 15th. Okay. Um, I will be signing some uh, some book cover or something like that. Some some available to get it online. It is in Rough Cut and okay. it's on Safari um, right now. So they, they can get it. You can pre-order it on Amazon. Even. Right. And, and uh, I'm looking at the O'Reilly site here. And yeah, there's a Rough Cuts version so you could get some of the content online that way. That's right. All right. Well, we'll include that in the link for the show. Uh, Joel Olson, hey, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, it's great to be here. All right, we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. <laughs>